0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We
2: said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job.
1: R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay.
2: It is
0: time. It is time. I feel like
2: we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Pack Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Locked on Packers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Our rookie orientation series with Kamel Martin is today. Thor Nystrom from Roto World is on the show to talk about Kamel, and he's the perfect person to do that because he is a Minnesotan, a Gopher fan, and an NFL draft guy. So, he has all of the bases covered in this situation. So we'll get into that and, and more about you know the Packers draft as a whole. From him, I think it's important to get a lot of different uh, opinions on all of this stuff because the NFL draft is a little bit of a crapshoot and that means that there are differing evaluations. You want to hear the good, you want to hear the bad, and you want to hear the in-between. So it's good to get a diversity of voices in that conversation. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about something that I don't think we on this show have talked about enough, and obviously that is on me. Lost in all of the discussion around Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is the fact that the 2020 Green Bay Packers could be better than the 2019 Green Bay Packers at the things they were the best at Last year, and you can make the case that it was, in fact, the pass rush and by extension, the passing defense, along with the running game, that made the difference that elevated the Packers in 2019. Now, a couple Rodgers vintage moments obviously, his performance against Oakland was the differentiating factor, his performance in the fourth quarter of both Lions games absolutely made the difference in those contests. He made some plays late against Seattle, for example. And that's the difference in this case between a 13-3 and three team and a 10-6 and six team. Aaron Rodgers still a huge part of this team. And for the Packers to get to where they want to get to in 2020, for them to be a Super Bowl contender, Aaron Rodgers has to be At the very least, selectively great. He has to be late career Tom Brady. He has to be great in the fourth quarter of big games that put the Packers in a position to win a game here, a game there that maybe they didn't deserve to win. But the things the Packers were best at last year, rush the passer, run the ball. Aaron Jones was one of the best offensive players full stop in football last year. The Packers were fourth in rush offense DVOA, so adjusting for schedule. They were 11th in passing. Their efficiency in Matt LaFleur's outside zone running game, and specifically Aaron Jones, was the main factor that bolstered this offense into a top 10 unit, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers and this passing game was not what we were used to seeing. They could be better in 2020. You add A.J. Dillon, the hammerback. Last year, the Packers were 27th in power running, according to Football Outsiders. That's third and fourth and short, or goal line and short. 27th in conversions. Well, A.J. Dillon was one of the best power runners in college football over the last few seasons. In fact, last year, against loaded boxes, he had more yards after contact than any other running back had full stop against loaded boxes. Now, it's not always ideal to run against loaded boxes, but it speaks to his ability to create when there's not much there. His power, his strength as a hammer back is very useful to the Packers who have struggled on third and fourth and short for years. We can think of numerous examples of failings on short yardage situations by the goal line against the Rams a few seasons ago, fourth down against the 49ers. We could go on and on with those examples. Aaron Jones is really good, and Jamal Williams is a useful player, someone who is more versatile last year than we realized he could be. He is working a lot in the offseason on improving his ability to be a factor in the passing game, but A.J. Dillon makes the run game better. So, too, does adding Josiah DeGuara who is an exceptional blocker for someone who can also do what he can do in the passing game. He is a guy who can be that wide tight end, that split-out tight end, who can also be an H-back, a fullback, an inline tight end, and play a little bit of everywhere. Jay Sternberger, likely in year two, going to be a more reliable blocker than Jimmy Graham was last year. This run game will be better, and it was already one of the best groups in the league last year. So the thing that led the offense, the best thing about the offense could be better in 2020. And then on defense, I think it's easy to forget because of how the season ended, that the Packers were a top 10 passing defense by DVOA last year. They were also an elite team creating pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Third according to Sports Info and Solutions, and fourth, according to Pro Football Focus pressures. A little bit of a soft statistic in that it is subjective. But Zaderius Smith led the league in pressures. Sacks created a bunch of pass rushing numbers. He had a ridiculous 18% pressure rate. He's going to be an enormous factor in 2020. Kenny Clark was the best interior pass rusher in football last year, not named Aaron Donald. Okay? So... You have that group. Now you're going to replace Kyler Fackrell's snaps with Rashawn Gary's snaps. In year two, you can expect him to play a little bit more inside, some outside, frees Adarius Smith up to be that full-time rover. Just being able to put Gary on the field and allows Adarius to play a little bit of everywhere should make this pass rush better. You're giving Gary someone who has incredible physical tools. Whether or not he's a good player yet, we don't know. But if you trust your coaching staff and you trust his development, all of the, the work that he's put in in the offseason, he looks leaner, he looks quicker, twitchier, he has a chance to break out this season, someone who's going to get a lot more work and someone who Mike Patton said is going to be a big part of this defense in 2020. If he is good, if he develops, this is the internal development that we talk about, the Packers have a chance to be even better at a thing that they were great at last year, a thing that carried their team for stretches last year. So while Aaron Rodgers in the passing game is going to get all the headlines, especially because the Packers didn't take a receiver in the draft, they took Jordan Love. So now we have to have all of those discussions about Love and Rodgers, and we have to talk about Love versus a receiver and what they could still do at receiver and all this other stuff with the passing game. Well, all of that, and they were a top 10 offense last year. All of that, and they won 13 games last year. The thing that we seem to be forgetting is that it wasn't the passing game and the receivers and the explosive offense through the air that carried the Packers last year. It was a weird experience for a lot of Packer fans. This, this so-called winning ugly. They were used to winning pretty. If they won, it was only because Aaron Rodgers was magnificent. They can win games without him doing that now. And it's weird. And so the the goal for them is to try and fix that. Okay, how do we fix that problem with Aaron Rodgers when the Packers looked at it and said, how do we take a strength and build on it? And I think they, they also viewed the the role of Dylan and Deguara, and certainly they signed Devin Funches to aid in the passing game. I don't think they're just throwing that out. But it certainly is a coherent solution or a coherent plan to say, okay, the run game was really good last year. What if it was better? And if it was better... What if there were players who could make both the run game and the pass game better and allow the team to play a style that is more cohesive with the coach's vision for the offense? We've lost this part of the discussion. We've lost the fact that Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, but mostly Aaron Jones, carried this offense last year. When he got the ball, this offense was outstanding. And when Zaderius Smith and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark were making plays last year, by extension, Jair Alexander, like I said, a top 10 passing defense, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, those guys can get better. Kevin King can get better. He can play all those games again. Maybe you get some, some added development from guys like Kingsley Kiki. Darnell Savage takes that step forward. Adrian Amos in year two of Mike Patton's defense takes a step forward. And now not only is the pass rush elite, but the coverage is as well. And if you have a really good defense and a really good run game, your quarterback doesn't have to be nearly as good. Now you still want him to be good. You need basically historic defense in order to to win without your quarterback. The Packers don't have to do that. And I think it is a disservice... To guys like Aaron Jones that we've spent the offseason talking about his free agency in 2021 and not what an enormous factor he is going to be in this plan in 2020. And you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not already trying the best tasting protein bar ever. That's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 incredible flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are remarkably soft and easy to chew, unlike so many of the the gross health food bars that are out there. If you're a hiker or you work out, they have these bars that it's like a brick, and it just sits in your stomach. They don't taste good. It's not what you want to eat. If you want to eat something that is delicious and good for you, Built Bar is that thing. We're talking about low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber opportunities for your body. 20 grams of protein, 15 grams of protein, depending on the bar, and under 200 calories, three, four grams of sugar, three net carbs, four net carbs, that kind of profile, depending on the bar. Right now, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. And if you're looking to make an impact on more than just your waistline, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462769 to find out. That's four six two seven six nine. All right, let's get to our rookie orientation series. Kamel Martin, the linebacker from Minnesota, the Packers' fifth-round pick. Remember, they didn't have a fourth-round pick. Something that, if you're mad about the Jordan Love pick, you are absolutely aware of. Check out Thor on Twitter at ThorKU. He writes for Roto World and NBC Sports. You can also check out his awesome UDFA rankings. He's ranking the UDFAs for every team, 1 through 32. Why are they important? How many can make the roster? We're talking serious deep dive stuff. And that is the perfect quarantine content right now. Thor, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers.
0: Good to be here, man. Good to be here.
2: I uh, I do regret to inform our audience that that you are a Minnesotan and, and therefore a Vikings fan, but that is great for our purposes today because we are talking about a golden gopher linebacker Kamal Martin, uh, a fifth round pick by the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know if you know this, Thor, not the, the highest profile pick the Packers made in the 2020
0: draft. Yeah, he, he sure wasn't. He sure wasn't. But I've had <laughs> I've had plenty of exposure to him, that's for sure.
2: Well, and that's why you're here, because uh, one of the reasons why why Martin fell is is he had some injuries that kept him from producing at a level and playing at a level that uh, his talents hint that he is potentially capable of playing at. You are. Not only someone who follows Minnesota football, but someone who follows the draft professionally. That means that you are the perfect Venn diagram for this conversation. So, just top line thoughts on the player when it comes to Kamal Martin, and we'll get to the fit and all that a little bit later.
0: Yeah, you know, and and just you know, jumping off of what you said, you know, this past season missed a couple games. Uh, you know, he had a September foot sprain, missed a couple games with that. Uh, missed a couple games with an October knee injury. So. The the senior season, you know, his his last opportunity to make his case for scouts. It really, you know, he had a, a sort of the injury monster sort of took a bite out of that. Uh, wasn't able to participate at the Senior Bowl. Wasn't able to participate at the Combine. So, you know, I mean, his his process also had a had a chunk taken out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. There's there there's some interesting um, some interesting traits here. Um, you know, he's particularly in terms of um, the length, you know, you you talk about like a, a a long kid, a a kid who comes downhill and thumps. you. Um, He's, he's a thunderous guy coming downhill. Um, Disciplined kid, physical, strong player in the box, very tough kid. Um, He competes, um, you know, guy who is very at home playing, you know, with uh, Antoine Winfield, Carter Coughlin, stuff like that. I really like his form as a tackler. You know, he's a kid who comes in square. He'll wrap you up like with those, really long arms drive through, uh, um, stuff like that. Um, he knows how to use that length, you know, whether, whether it's as, um, you know, whether it's against the run, whether it's in coverage. And I, I think that that's one of his, uh, great strengths as, as a prospect using that frame. Um, you, you'll see like, you know, on tape, like when, um, you know, he's sort of in pursuit, um, you know, like, you know, going after the ball carrier or whatever you'll see him splay out kind of like a cheetah you know like you, you, you use that full sort of frame you see that lane come into play and then you know as a in in coverage what we can talk about his limitations here in a second so you know some some of the athletic ones you know you you, you talked a bit about like some of the sort of ancillary things that that caused the drop you know durability being one i think there might have been some character ones as well there was you know suspension 2018 bowl game 2019 opener that, that might have played a bit of a part there there's some athletic stuff there as well um that we can talk about in a second but um one of the things that he does uh really well in coverage using that length is um uh, minnesota used him in zone a lot you know and so you you'd see him on film a lot you know just sort of sitting there in zone and one thing he did really well um using the instincts just sitting there and he he you know reading the quarterback and and he'd use that length really well um, deflecting balls getting the arms up stuff like that um, he would be a factor as far as the passing windows go you know getting getting the arms up and deflecting balls so um, yeah I, in, in terms of that you know th- th- there's a lot of interesting stuff there to work with I think you mentioned the length uh,
2: 34 inch arms that may not mean much to the Average listener, but that is in the 95th percentile for linebackers. That is big-time length, and that's what we talk about when we talk about length. Cornerbacks is is a place where we, we get this length discussion, uh, offensive tackles, pass rushers as well. But having a linebacker with that kind of length, to your point, in zone coverage, it can be a useful piece. He's, in fact, almost identical in terms of physical size to Corey Littleton. Uh, who was able to succeed in coverage despite a lack of elite athleticism. And that's what I want to ask you about next, because there are some mixed reports about his abilities to play in coverage. You know, you'll read one scouting report, and and that's the thing that, that they, they'll they bring up. You know, Daniel Jeremiah on the broadcast talked about it, and then, you know, you'll read a scouting report from somewhere else that says, oh, you know, limited in coverage. So what was your viewpoint of his ability um, to play in coverage in
0: college, and, and what do you think it can be in the NFL? Well, so this is my take on his athleticism, and I think that, that this is why there's sort of mixed reviews on that. I think that Kamal Martin is a good athlete, straight line. I, mm. I think that that's what it is, and, and I think that it takes him a couple steps to get there. I don't think he's necessarily explosive, but I think once he, he has a couple steps, then he becomes a good athlete. Um, I think where he struggles is changing directions. And like I said, I, I think he needs a couple steps to get there. But as far as like coverage, what, what he's good at, you know, again, like, you know, in, in zone, he can, he, he has okay. Okay. Instincts there, but he uses the length really, really well in, in, you know, if he's going to be in man coverage in the NFL, he's going to get eaten alive. And so I, I think that's what we need to keep him away from Um, what, you know, but it, in zone coverage, I could, mm-hmm. I could see him in, you know, in a, in an area like that because you can hide his weaknesses there you can leverage his strengths you know specifically what what he's going to be good at in the NFL i i think you know we're going to be talking about special teams but specifically early downs filling gaps Thumping against the run, but when it's when it's going to be coming to coverage, what you're going to be talking about is zone because that's where we can leverage the things that he's good at. But I, I think when you're talking about discrepancies between perceptions of his athleticism and perceptions of his ability in coverage, I think it all comes down to this. I, I, I because it, it is that straight line athleticism thing, and that manifests in you know in his ability uh, to cover. Because I think you know maybe some people are seeing. Um, you know, maybe a couple of times he's getting caught in man coverage and and he's getting cooked and then some other people are seeing him um, you know, some of this film where he's in zone coverage, and he looks quite good. I mean, because you, you'll see him. And, you know, one thing I want to say about Kamal Martin, too, he has very good ball skills. You know, it, it, it's not just sitting in, uh, um, you know, zone where, you know, you'll see him just leap up, you know, sort of like a basketball player. And he'll just swat it like Dikembe Mutombo. Um, you know, another thing is, is, is he has legitimate ball skills in, in high school coming out. He was not a linebacker recruit. He was actually an athlete recruit because he played both ways in high school um, he, I, he was actually a quarterback, you know, his quarterback. And I, I think he played safety and linebacker and, and, in, uh, in high school. So, you know, c- coming out, you know, he did a lot of different things in high school, stuff like that, mm-hmm. the ball skills he retains. And, and so like, you know, he can make plays on the ball, everything like that. Um, and, and so, you, you know, you will see stuff like that. It's just like, you have to know what his limitations are, you know, and, And so you just can't put him in in positions where he's on an island and in space with with superior athletes because that's where he is not going to acquit himself well.
2: And that's something that I talked a lot about in the pre-draft process. The thing about the linebacker position for the Packers is they don't ask, their especially their inside linebackers, to, to cover in man. Blake Martinez was rarely matched up one-on-one in man coverage with tight ends, with running backs. He would have to carry seams. He would have to play center zones and and hook and curl zones. But rarely was he out there running with running backs man-to-man. And I think that's something that, you know, when when you or I are doing our evaluations, we're looking at this in a vacuum. And certainly, you know, from my standpoint, it's colored by the team that I follow and, and cover. And, and I'm sure you you would admit to, to that sort of, you know, unconscious bias seeping in as well. But if you're if you're evaluating him for a team that does play a lot of zone coverage, it's going to be different than if you are the kind of team that's going to say, "Hey, we need you to go out there and and run with Alvin Kamara or Travis Kelsey one on one to make our defense work."
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and and you know, g- going to this point too, I-, I talk a lot about this is like, you know, when, when we do these rankings, you know, like I rank, I don't have, I don't have an organization. Like I'm, I'm Thorne Eyestream, like inside of an apartment, like ranking, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just like a, a big board. I-, I don't have team needs. I-, I don't have an organization. I don't have a scheme. I don't have a defensive coordinator. Right. I don't have an offensive coordinator, you know, w- with a guy like for instance kamal martin he has very delineated strengths he has very delineated weaknesses and and it's like you're talking about you know the the, the packers they, they they're looking for these very specific things in their inside linebackers and so they have very clearly identified kamal martin where where they're saying his clearly delineated strengths are something that you know that we love and and his clearly delineated weaknesses, we can work with that because that's stuff that we slough off because of our scheme. You know, it's, it's like, for instance, with the Vikings, you know, where they got uh, Brian O'Neill in the second or well, Brian O'Neill a couple years ago in the second round, but this year Ezra Cleveland. And it's like, you know, a, a perfect uh, scheme fit, you know, for, for the, the zone blocking scheme. And it's like, well, why did he fall to the second round? And it's because, well, the only team sitting dead red on a guy like Ezra Cleveland, it would be a zone team that needed a tackle, which, which obviously is you're talking about a much smaller percentage of the NFL, right? right? Because a, a team that's not a zone-blocking team that doesn't need a tackle, they're not going to be looking at Ezra Cleveland as a top, you know, 45, 50-type prospect. And it's the same thing with Kamal Martin. You know, I mean, like, the durability things, you know, if, if they saw any character thing, and then the, the other thing as far as, like, the man coverage limitation, stuff like that, they're going to have them off the board, whereas the Packers, you know, some of that stuff, you know, you know specifically with the coverage stuff – that's not going to be as big of an issue to them. And so I I love the thing that you brought up about Martinez because Martinez got, you'll remember this. He got nitpicked to hell in his process um, for, for some of this different Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, like, like I just talked about with Martin, um, some of that, some of his, you know, weaknesses, whether real or perceived get sloughed off because of the way that the Packers used him and they play up. And, you know, it's, it's like we're talking about with the evaluation stuff themselves when Peter and I are doing this, we can't slough the weaknesses off when we're ranking the players because we have to do it within we can't do it within this sort of vacuum thing where, where you know, we can just sort of eliminate the weaknesses because we have a scheme. We, we have to rank all of them as, as in a sort of holistic way as a sort of fully formed thing. So it's, it, it's sort of a, a different thing, but I, I like the point you made. Yeah,
2: so I, I want to finish up with this because you are as diligent and thorough as anyone out there when it comes to the bottom of the roster evaluation mm-hmm. of these players. You are a maniac scouting undrafted free agents, and the Packers have two that I am really, really intrigued by, and and, and it's unfortunate that they will not get a full offseason process to go through and try and make this team but the the two guys that that i am fascinated with i talked about them a little bit with emory hunt the other day uh stanford samuels and will sunderland are two guys that i think have some serious talent and and have a chance to
0: make this packers team you talk about like pedigree coming out and, and you have a lot of tape on him have a lot of tape on him against you know top prospects everything like that physical guy talk about length tough kid um i i I see him as more of a backup um, type, but yeah, you know, sure. I, that's fine. Yeah. As an undrafted yeah. free agent though, I'll take that. Oh, I, A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, when when we're looking at these guys, that's, that's what you want to take a stab on. But yeah, size, um, you talk about a kid who has like the right attitude and stuff like that. And you talk about a kid who's like been in those big games against like top, top of the line competition. Yeah. I mean, um, I, he he is a kid that you would want to take a stab on. Absolutely.
2: I really appreciate this. This was great. Can you let, uh, them know where they can find more of the work that you do?
0: Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Thorku, T H O R K U um and you can check out our work at uh, Roto World. Uh, I'm on the NFL draft section. Peter was talking about the uh, undrafted free agent class rankings I have out right now. And uh later this week I'm going to have uh, draft hall rankings coming out which um is something cool I do every year where I combine the like the the draft grades I do with so so I do like the the draft, you know, the 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 you know, the classes with the UDFA. Um you know the, the the players they brought sure. in the UDFA and just combine them all into one aggregate grade. Um, and so anyway, I'll be I'll be doing that this coming week as well. So check that out as well. Sounds good, Thor. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Peter.
2: The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut?
0: And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, I want to thank Thor for joining the show. Always great to talk to a fellow Midwest accent in the sports media. And uh, I'm sure after a couple uh, brandy old fashioned sweets, it comes out even more. <laughs> We're going to be back tomorrow with all of your what ifs. I got a ton of them. We sent out the question to the Locked On Packers Twitter account. If you're not following it, at Locked On Packers to ask what is the biggest what if of your lifetime? And there was a clear cluster of answers. Everyone has has pretty similar ideas of this. And so I, I want to do some of those, but I don't want to do all of them because if everyone has the same ones, it's it's really not interesting. Like We know how some of these things would play out. Do we need to talk about what would happen if 2014 goes differently? Everyone knows what would happen if 2014 goes differently. If the NFC Championship game, if... Morgan Burnett tries to return the interception and gets a pick-six, or Mike McCarthy goes for a fourth down, or Jordy Nelson catches the onside kick instead of Brandon Bostic. the assumption in Packers Nation is the Packers would have another Super Bowl. I don't need to talk about that. We all know that's the deal, and I don't need to bring up the old wounds for Packers fans. Me just mentioning it now is going to make some of you upset and and so i i I don't find that necessarily useful there are some other i I think low-key high-impact plays and situations touch points if you will in the packers franchise over the last you know decade decade and a half 20 years and i think it's important that we talk about some of the ones that maybe don't get discussed as much everyone knows oh what if the packers had traded for randy moss oh you know what if they take Barry Sanders instead of Tony Mandrich? Those are the big ones. Those are the the headlines when it comes to Packers what ifs. Let's talk about some other ones. Send me send me some that are not those. And and thanks to everyone who sent those. I, I do appreciate it. I asked you the biggest, and of course those are the biggest. But what are the ones that maybe interest you the most? That you maybe don't know how things could have been different if something in Packers history goes differently so let's talk about all of that on the show tomorrow hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski or anytime you want to hit me up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline about this or anything you can do that 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers